0: Brilliant. Thank you, Josh. Well, it's great to be uh, streaming with a small number of the team here today within our church hall. I can see myself on the screen on my laptop here. I've got loads of you on Zoom and I've just been saying hello on Facebook as well. The way we do church now is amazing. Thank you again for your patience, your flexibility, your creativity as we try to just continue to gather and worship Together, um, Please open your Bibles um, and turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Um, we're beginning uh, a, a short uh, teaching series um, called Transition. Um, transition is the process um, or the period of, of changing from one state or condition to another. Um, I've been thinking about transition and praying. Uh, and working through some notes really from Christmas time. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading as well from, uh, you've heard me mention before, some of the teaching by Pete Scazzaro, the New York based pastor who writes the really helpful, emotionally healthy discipleship materials. And um, what I'm going to do this morning is a little bit of kind of foundational teaching. And then each Sunday through May, we're almost at May now, Um, we're going to look in some more detail at how our lives and how our teams that serve the church will be rebuilt through this transition period. How we continue to to walk towards the vision God's given us together and how you and I can play our part in walking into a healthy transition. That sounds good, doesn't it? Um, Wonderfully this morning, we've got the amazingly talented and gifted Sadie Edwards, who's going to do some illustrations, Uh, again, I think at the start of our uh, Revelation Seven Letters series, she did an incredible drawing. Uh, Sadie's a very gifted illustrator, and so I think while I'm teaching for the next few minutes, occasionally the camera will go over uh, and you can see Sadie's illustration of the passage that we're rooted in this morning taking shape. Thank you, Sadie. Uh, Mark chapter 4, and I'm just going to pick up from verse uh, 35. He got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. The wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Lord Jesus, we come to you now with a mix of awe and, and, uh, and a delight in being, able to, being invited to draw near to you. We do offer you our hearts now as we've been worshipping, you've been softening up our hearts. We invite you to come and speak now by your Holy Spirit and do a deep work in us as your disciples that are walking through transition. Oh Jesus be with us we pray. We've been singing your name, now come and minister to our hearts we pray in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we, you don't need me to tell you this, but let me say it anyway, we are in the middle of an unprecedented storm of transition in our generation with this coronavirus. Um, It's been so disruptive. We, We thought a year or so ago, this could be interesting for a few weeks. We had no idea. It will now go down in history as one of the defining events of the 21st century. People will be talking about it, analysing it, doing scientific studies, looking at the economy, the psychology, the recovery, following kids that grew up in lockdown. They'll be doing studies on it for a generation or more. We'll look at it in schools like we look at the two world wars. That's what we're in right now, believe it or not. And with our lockdown here in the UK beginning to ease, There's actually even more change now that we have to face. Lockdown is actually quite a safe place for a while. That's the point of it, I guess. It it keeps things closed up and static. When when lockdown is released and the door is open, then change comes. And we've heard a lot about kind of pent up stuff, and change comes with a rush as lockdown um, is eased. And so you and I are all feeling it right now in the economy, in our workplaces, Maybe you're facing job changes, maybe children, it's school, or it's in your family life, certainly in our church life together. Some change we're navigating by choice, that's positive, that's good, I I get to choose, I I can make a decision about my job or my next steps. Some change is out of our control, out of our hands, it's forced on us by our circumstances. That's not so easy for us to navigate. And, And the list of transition and change that we're walking through all at the same time is just incredible. It's taking a huge amount of emotional energy for us to walk this way. And, and we just got to note this, we are trying to handle all of this without any of the normal ways of doing friendship and supporting one another and caring for one another and holding one another. Just realizing that we're feeling this way and that we're walking in this way, um, it, it can be helpful in itself. But of course, more than just acknowledging some struggles, friends, we are disciples. Uh, and, and so biblically, we are realizing not just that oh, life is just happening to me. I've spoken to lots of people around the town over this last year and I've heard this phrase over and over. I'm sure I've said it myself as well. Oh, it is what it is. Um, and, but as disciples, we don't get to say that. We're not fatalists. We're not just letting life happen to us. What is going on right now, friends, this, this storm of transition is a discipleship opportunity. It's important for us to wake up as disciples and leaders and see what God might be saying. There's a problem for us, however, and, and that is this. We don't do change very well. Um, we, uh, we don't think biblically around things that end and things that begin. We just tend to get carried along like everyone else by the waves and the storms. Certainly I think about family life, I think about our culture, if, you, if like me you've grown up in a Western British culture, certainly in some of the church cultures that I've been a part of, we, we've not allowed things to end well, to finish well, to die well. Um, maybe like me, you've been in one of those small groups that went on for five years, seven years, ten years, fifteen years, and we all knew we should have finished this a while ago, but none of us quite know how to. When something does finish, when something does die, we tend to get anxious and so we like to kind of freeze it like it is, like a museum. We resist change. We can't move on. We only feel safe when we can imagine turning back to how uh, a normal life, how things were before the struggle happened. I was reading this week uh, again about Queen Victoria. Um, Apparently she was 42 when her husband Albert died. And uh, she wore black for the rest of her life, 40 years. She was in mourning. Uh, It was, I guess, understandable that someone would wear black for a while, a period of mourning afterwards, but every day for the rest of her life, apparently. We've all felt that way with regard to aspects of our lives and some parts of church life or church ministries that we've served in. I just want to preserve it as it was. I just want to remember it how it was. Friends, that is not a healthy way to live through transition. I've got two big questions that I'm going to ask you at the end of this sermon in a few minutes, and they're in the, uh, in the notes for the, uh, for the week of prayer on the website as well. We'll come to them. Uh, but we want healthy transition as disciples. We may not demonstrate um, resistance to change as obviously as Queen Victoria did, Um, But we can let the same root of fear take over in our lives, and it is rooted in fear, a resistance to change like that. Um, We can can be against change before it's even happened. Hey, talk to the hand. I don't even want to know. I'm getting anxious just thinking about it. I I just want to know, is it all going to turn out okay? In the passage we've just read with the disciples, in the storm with Jesus that Sadie's drawing right now, all those unhealthy mindsets that the disciples demonstrate in the boat, um, fear. Panic. Probably anger. Why don't we get in the boat with him anyway? <laughs> Whose idea was this? I'm blaming you Peter. You're the fisherman. Why don't you bring us over here? Um, maybe some of them like Peter wanting to take over in the boat. Look, I know what I'm doing. Let me take control. Maybe some of them just wanted to, to bail out. I don't know. Maybe the Judas, the money guy, he wasn't so good on boats. He was worried with his pockets full. He was going to drown. I, just give, There's one life jacket. I'm having it. I'm overboard. I just want to get out of here alive. We're all honestly experiencing all of those feelings and mindsets that the disciples went through right now. Some of us just, are just thinking all the time about the past. I hear this again. I'm, I'm aware of this in my own life too. just want to get back there. I wish we'd never got in this boat. Some of us are just getting busy. Hey, i, I do this one too. I'm, I'm going to give some boxes and some descriptions. I'm ticking them all, by the way. Just a little um, heads up there. Some of us get busy. We're just trying to avoid the way we're feeling. And, and I've got some fear inside of me. My way through is busy, busy, busy. Some of us are in pain and we're raging about change. It's just not fair. I was just getting going in life. Things were just beginning to work. I just got my dream job. I was just about to go to university. And so we're now struggling to cope with the pain that we feel in our hearts. Some of us, honestly, are thinking about giving up in this time of transition. I don't know if I can make this change. I don't know if I can make the jump. I'm so anxious about what lies ahead. I think I'm drowning here. Some of you said that over the last 12 months. For some of us, giving up is maybe about giving up on something, serving in some way. For others, maybe it's walking away from a job, maybe a relationship. For some, and sadly we've seen this all over the world in this last year, for some, giving up has meant even giving up their lives in suicide. Right now, church, all these unhealthy responses to transition and change are happening in our lives and in the lives of people around us, but we are disciples of Jesus. (laughs) There's someone else in the boat with us. Jesus is at rest in the boat the scripture says he's got a cushion with him he he's not anxious a guy carrying a cushion is not exhibiting symptoms of anxiety. He's relaxed. He brought his own cushion to a storm. He, he wants us to be different men and women when we get out the other side of this storm. Not just survivors that, that scrabble up onto the bank on the other shore with our clothes ripped and our energy drained. No different men and women, strong in him. Friends, sometimes we can cling on in the storm and that's commendable, but we miss whatever it is that God wants to do in our hearts and wants to do in and through us, not just now, but in our lives and the ministry he's called us to on the new shore on the other side. We want to be those kinds of disciples. It shouldn't be so hard for us when change and transition is such a big part of our, of our lives. Every, every time you move house, it's a transition. Every time somebody in your family or your friendship circle dies, it's a big transition. Any time you've got a, a serious illness or an accident, transition a job ending or a job change, transition. Parenting is a... Constant transition. I was speaking to someone this week who who, who was telling me their parenting strategy, somebody outside of the church with their five-year-old and their seven-year-old, things that have worked for them for the last few years, now don't work any longer because they've got a new baby. Hey, funnily enough, parenting is a constant transition through every stage. It changes again and changes again. It changes for our children. You start school, you go up a year at school, you go to university. Change, change, change. How about when the dreams and ambitions I had fall flat and frustrated? How about a relationship breakdown? Hey, transition. What about a divorce? What about having a child or not being able to have children? These are all transitions. Children leaving home. For us, growing older, walking through change with older parents, caring for dependent relatives. These are all transitions that we will all experience in one way or another, all of the time. And each One of those changes can thrust us into the waves of confusion where we wonder God, what is happening in my life right now? Well, what good news for us as disciples of Jesus Christ that there is a framework he gives us, a theology of transition, if you like, that comes from looking to him. Right now in the middle of this storm, this massive pandemic transition, Jesus isn't drowning. Remember, we've got a God who carries a cushion. He's present with us. He has words to speak and authority to release. Jesus is our most treasured possession. He's, he's the rock we can build our lives on with stability. I'm I, mixing my pictures. I don't know if it's good to put a rock in a boat. That's not a good thing, is it? That's going to sink. Let me, he's our an anchor. There we are, anchor and boats. That works, doesn't it? We, we can hold on to him for our lives, our relationships, uh, and the ministries we're serving in. Pete Scazzaro, I mentioned him earlier, he speaks about the biblical theology of transition being similar to the theology behind how we handle grief and loss. He says uh, there's an ending of something, um, it's over, there's been a death. And then he says there's a waiting, the kind of confusing in between time. The old is gone, the new hasn't fully come yet. And we're, we're kind of squeezed in this really uncomfortable in between phase. And then finally, with grief and in life with change. There's this, this new beginnings phase um, where the old births into the new. Endings, confusing in-betweens and new birth. It sounds like a pattern, doesn't it, that should be familiar for men and women of the kingdom who are learning to live with the now and the not yet of, of Jesus' promises, who are waiting for the day when he's going to make all things new and wipe every tear from our eyes. This biblical mindset shouldn't be a surprise for us as kingdom people and it's vital for us to hold on to this in the middle of a transition like we are now because we're standing right in the middle of the storm of the confusing in between. There's an, Something is beginning to end we think um, but the new hasn't quite come yet and we're invited by God to wait on him in the middle of all this. With this attitude we can hold on to Jesus even in the unknown, even in the storm, and still be open for the new things that God has for us. Hey, what a great time to have a week of prayer and fasting and listening to God. So I just briefly want to share with you um, three practices for disciples uh, that we can walk in, that will help us in the rolling waves of massive transition, that can help us to be disciples who are not alarmed and fearful of drowning, but anchored in Jesus. Scazzaro talks about resting in Jesus, detaching for Jesus and listening to Jesus. Let me just cover these briefly before we pray. Um, Resting in Jesus. In John's Gospel, John 6, 28, uh, Jesus' disciples came to him and they asked him this strange question. What must we do, Jesus, to do the works that God requires? Um, They were thinking uh, with a religious mindset, surely God to please you, um, there must be many works that that will be good and right, that we can get right with you over. Um, Giving our money, praying, uh, regimes of Bible study, uh, serving the poor, all really good things. Jesus um, just gives them a totally different way, a new and living way. He says there aren't many works, there's just one thing. He says your work is to believe in me believe in the one whom the Father sent, to, to, to believe, to trust. One work. And the, the word Jesus uses to believe in the one that God has sent, in him, in Jesus Christ. The word used is, uh, for believing is a present tense, continuous believing. That means I'm trusting you and believing you now, Jesus. That means I'm trusting you and believing you now, Jesus. That means I'm trusting you and believing you right now Jesus and now and still now. You get the point, we go on trusting him, holding on, resting, oh here comes another wave, no I'm trusting in you Jesus right now. The, this word to believe in a continuous way is used almost a hundred times in John's Gospel. You, you could get the idea that the purpose in John writing is to help us remember that over and over, moment by moment, we actively believe and trust and hold on to Jesus Christ. Just think about that for a moment. Because I'm aware there are over a hundred times a day where I'm doing the opposite, where I'm dwelling on anxiety, where I'm frightened by the unknowns. Jesus says believe in me, trust in me, hold on to me, rest in my finished work. I'm the guy that brought a cushion to the storm. (laughs) How do we trust and rest in Jesus in this way? Well we put ourselves in his hands. It's like we do when we first got born again. It's the same thing Again, we allow ourselves to be held by Jesus, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of the storm we find ourselves in. Daily, continually, last thing at night, first thing in the morning, I remind myself, Jesus, I'm trusting you today. Hey, just had a difficult phone call that's rocked my world. No, tr- I'm trusting you. I'm resting in you, Jesus. Friends, when we get this right, everything else pulls into line. It's, it's what we are made for. It's not automatic for us to rest in Jesus it doesn't just happen to us that's why we work so hard on discipleship so we can be trained in this mindset it's always easier to talk about it like i am this morning than to live in the reality of it because we've been discipled for i've been discipled for decades by anxiety and i was brought up in a family where there was anxiety that that's what discipled me and so now even with jesus present i can be like the disciples who panicked when they were in the storm Hey, what about you when you, the job you've returned to seems so different from the one you left behind a year ago? What about the ministry team you serving at church that now seems to be going backwards rather than the way it was going forwards a year or so ago? Hey, wherever you're at church, disciple, we learn to trust and rest in Jesus. That's what Jesus modelled for us in the boat throughout his ministry. He slept in the storm. He modelled this, um, this principle in the middle of the noise the confusion the emotions the anxiety Jesus is at rest in this I've got a God with a cushion I can be at rest too I'm not gonna pick up and fight against and become anxious about what Jesus is evidently happy to trust the Father's will in so I'm gonna position myself to trust in God's plan and uh, I- I'm gonna rest in him well wow, that's why our daily study prayer Worship our pauses through the day. Just whoa, take stock for a minute to say, Jesus, I'm just reminding myself I'm resting in you in this storm. That's why uh, uh, we, we've been talking for a year or two now about hey, take a Sabbath day, a day where you can rest and reflect. It's so important for us in this storm, disciples. Listen, um, hey, Jude, come here with the camera. Come close. I'm just going to move the furniture. I've got some. Uh, My boat here, I've got my cushion. Wow. Oh, that's good. Wow. Thank you, Gordon, for your boat. It's very sandy. Uh, I've got some reflection questions uh, that Pete Scazzaro wrote that I found really helpful for my own life that help us reflect on whether we are trusting and resting in Jesus. They're in the prayer guide. Uh, that's online and so I want to encourage you this week, read them through, reflect on them, ask a friend, pray them through. Let me just read them for you now before we move to a conclusion. That's a good cushion. Yes. Here are some symptoms and some signs that tell us that we are resting in Jesus or not resting in Jesus. I know I'm trusting and resting in Jesus when I'm enjoying a relationship with him even in the midst of disappointments and the storms of a pandemic. I know, I'm, experiencing, I know I'm, I'm trusting and resting in Jesus when I'm experiencing a lack of anxiety in my body. Do you know our bodies are prophetic when there's tension and stomach problems and headaches. They're symptoms of anxiety. They, they can tell us that something is wrong. I know that I'm not trusting and resting in Jesus when I'm trying to run around and do for others what they can and should do for themselves. Anyone else tick that box? I know I'm trusting and resting in Jesus when I'm maintaining my rhythms of discipleship in seasons of great pressure. I know I'm trusting and resting in Jesus when I'm less and less triggered by things that go wrong. Wow. Is is this speaking to anyone else or is it just me in the boat this morning? Well, I love this cushion. I know I'm trusting and resting in Jesus when I'm present to the beauty and the wonder of God in people and in things around me. I know I'm trusting and resting in God when I have a deep sense that I've got nothing to gain and I've got nothing to lose. I just want God's will for my life. I know I'm trusting and resting in Jesus when I'm deeply content and, and in, in just feeding and serving the people that God has entrusted into my care. I'm not trying to do anything else. I know I'm trusting and resting in Jesus when I'm receiving God's limitations around me as a gift. I'm not fighting the boundaries God's placed on me right now. I'm not ignoring them. I'm not denying them. I'm just trusting. And I know I'm trusting and resting in Jesus when I'm embracing the season in which God has placed me. How about you, disciples, this week? Just prayerfully, I want to ask you, will you read through these questions? Are you going to be a disciple with a cushion or are you going to be a disciple with a stomach ulcer? Are we going to be those who are trusting or those who are Just quickly, let me finish here. Part of resting in Jesus means we detach from other things, other beliefs, other mindsets. To trust in Jesus, we've got to let go of ways of thinking that keep us from being with Jesus. Jesus speaks all the way through the Gospels about us um, losing our lives in order to truly find them in him. Paul speaks about us not clinging or holding on to anything. 1 Corinthians 7 says the world in its present form is passing away. You can't cling to God when your hands are tight onto something else. You can't be full of God when you're already full of everything else. You can't hold on to the unchanging, securing rock of ages when you're clinging to that which is temporary and unstable. So we trust in him. We rest in him. We let go of everything else. We let him have his primary place. It doesn't mean I don't have goals and ambitions for the things he's called me to. Of course I do, but I'm trusting him. Even when I don't see it, he's working to work out all things for my good uh, as I detach from that which is not mine to carry. The final part of resting in Jesus, I hope this is helpful for you as it's helpful for me this morning, is detaching from lesser things and learning to listen to Jesus. Guys, are you happy to come up and just begin to worship? We listen to Jesus, we discern what he's saying and doing. The disciples in the scriptures weren't so good at listening to Jesus, really listening. I'm not so good at it either. I want a spiritual life, but I want to be in control of it. Um, I want to get what I want in the ways that I expect things to happen. We want things scheduled our way and in our timing. But following Jesus isn't first just doing things for him, it's listening to him speak and then doing what he says. So that's why listening to Jesus is more important than listening to any other louder voice. Let me ask you at the start of this prayer week: are there louder voices that speak into your spirit and are discipling you right now? And, and this week, as we pray, we're not talking about listening that is just a quick check-in to see how God's doing and get him to rubber stamp. Uh, our plans. We're talking about a deeper listening where the work of God grows inside of us. It might even lead us at the end of the week to go in a different direction to the one we imagined, to make different plans for Sundays to the ones that we announced tonight at our press pause evening. It might make us do something that's quite countercultural or go down a path that seems apparently one of failure. Set course for the storm, Jesus might say. Hey, we're listening so we don't lead ourselves and the church astray. That's why we have these kinds of weeks of prayer that punctuate our lives. So there's a humility for us disciples, as we lift up our hands, as we wait, as we listen to see what unfolds, we leave alone what our interference will only make worse and complicate. Disciples, let me say to you this morning as we finish, as we pray, if we could just learn to walk a bit more securely in these three practices, resting in Jesus, letting go of stuff for Jesus, and listening to Jesus in the midst of this transition that we're in right now, we will have a precious gift that we can offer our friends, our families, the town that we're serving in. If we're those who are anchored in Jesus, if we're secure in him, if our home is in him, if we're looking ahead to that final transition and change that's coming. One day when we'll fully be at home with the Lord when he returns or takes us to be with him. So now in this place, in this storm, we are not alarmed, we are not terrified. We're not going to drown in this storm. We're going to trust him and rest secure in him. Wow, what life and hope you and I will bring to our workplaces, our homes, amongst our friends as those who've detached, who've taken hold, who've quietened every other voice, who cling to the one who brings the cushions, to the storm. I said I'd ask two questions as we pray, and these are Pete's Gazzaro questions. They're in the prayer week uh, notes guide for the week. And thank you so much, Claire, uh, for putting that prayer guide together for us. I so appreciate the work you've done on that. Here are two questions to ask yourself this week prayerfully What is it that it's time for me to let go of in my personal life or in my serving or my leading? Lord, my hands are open to you. I'm secure in you, Jesus. I don't have to cling to anything. I don't have to keep anything alive beyond its sell-by date. Are there things you want me to let go of? And then the second question, the other side of that coin. God, what new thing do you have? What is there standing backstage behind the curtain? some glorious God thing that is waiting to make its entrance. The old, the storm of transition and the new birth on the new shore. Jesus, would you speak to us? Just gonna pray as we worship together. Wow, Sadie, I love your drawing. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) There's Jesus in the boat. Wow, you're so gifted. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us. Why don't you lift your hands before the Lord with me this morning? If you're on a sofa with a cushion, (laughs) you can just put your head back on it. Jesus, you're here. One day you're gonna make your grand entrance in all your glory. One day we'll get to the other side of the lake, the other side of the pandemic. One day we'll get to the other side of history. You're coming back. Lord, would you give us grace in the meantime to live in the light of this, to rest in you, to believe in you, to detach from everything else, to listen to your voice. God, we we don't just wanna be pandemic survivors. Would you help us this week to listen to what you're doing to, to discern when there is an ending of something, to see where there's a birthing of something coming, to carry forward all that you have into the new for us. God, we're listening this week. We're trusting you, your plans, not ours. Just got a couple of prophetic things. Why don't, why don't we worship for a moment and we'll just bring the prophetic in a moment. Let's stay with our hands open. Let's just stay in the presence of Jesus as the guys lead us in song. We'll just come back to a prophetic word for in a moment.